morning everyone here and in virtual land. What a great series we had this term revolving around the gift. Today we're going to examine and reflect on how the gift transforms, but first and most importantly, let us pray. Father God, you are an amazing God who has given us your Son Jesus as our Saviour and the Holy Spirit to guide us in your ways and transform us to be more like your Son. Today as I speak, let my words be your words and speak into the hearts of your daughters and occasional sons listening out there and help them transform their lives to be more Christ-like. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Over the weekend, I was blessed to spend some quality time with my eldest daughter, Emma, wandering around the bush at Mermaid's Pool, Pheasant's Nest, climbing over rocks, well, scrambling mostly, and admiring God's creation and praying to God we didn't get injured because I'm not as agile as I once was. No, that's hard to believe. But how the heck were we going to be was I going to be airlifted out of this rocky, densely bushed environment if I was injured? We observed people actually had homes overlooking these pools and it got me thinking about the drought and bushfires earlier this year and how God has transformed these fire-prone areas over the last few COVID months with renewal, new growth with the rain he provided. Even Warragamba Dam level, water levels from being perilously low are now at full capacity. What a transformation. Who would have thought this would have been even possible 12 months ago? My youngest daughter Ashley is living overseas and has spent most of this year residing in Austria. As I haven't, and as I haven't travelled much in my 55 years, I've got to see the world through her eyes and appreciate the transformation of the beautiful country she's staying in from one season to the next. I've also been blessed to see the transformation and growth of independence and confidence in my daughter through this amazing experience. A caterpillar, God's creation, ugly as it is. I know our sister Prue would dispute this. You know, I don't think she even step on a spider. Transforms into a magnificent butterfly for eating lots. If only we could do that, ladies. We unfortunately just move into the next size of clothing. John Newton, the renowned writer of the beautiful hymn Amazing Grace, had a huge transformation in his life. He initially was a slave trader, the captain of one of those horrible ships. Newton had a spiritual conversion or transformation in 1748 on a return voyage to England. He awoke to find the ship caught in a huge storm off the coast of Ireland and about to sink. Newton responded to this event by praying to God for his mercy, after which the storm began to subside. After four weeks at sea, his ship, the Greyhound, made it to a port in Ireland. This began his conversion to Christianity. He now read the Bible and other religious literature. By the time he reached England, he was well and truly a believer. This true story reminds me very much of the Bible reading today from Acts 9, verses 1 to 22, when we read of how God transformed Saul. Not all of us can share such a tremendous dramatic testimony to show to, to how God changed us. Some of us have had a less dramatic but no less remarkable change of heart and belief with our conversion from a non-believer to believer. Saul was on a mission to destroy the church following the stoning of Stephen, a Christian full of God's grace and power and his subsequent death. Saul was going from house to house dragging both men and women and placing them in prison. From the Bible reading in Acts 8 you get the impression he was on a rampage possibly because those that had been scattered throughout Judea and Samaria continued to preach the word wherever they went, despite what happened to Stephen. In Acts 9, read today, we hear Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples and went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. 
As he neared Damascus, Saul had an encounter with Jesus, who questioned Saul as to why he is persecuting him. Saul answers, Who are you, Lord? He recognises that this sudden light from heaven flashing around him must have significance. Jesus identifies himself and instructs him to get up and go into the city and do whatever he's told to do. Saul got up from the ground but could see nothing when he opened his eyes. So the men men travelling with him take him by the hand and lead him into Damascus. For three days he remained blind and did not eat or drink anything. How frightening would that have been? You could imagine he thought this was it for himself, the consequences of his choices in persecuting Christians. Ananias, a disciple in Damascus, is called by the Lord to seek Saul out, who has already seen Ananias in a vision. Jesus gives Ananias the address and the name of Saul from Tarsus and tells Ananias that Saul is praying. Poor Ananias, he's privy to the knowledge of how Saul has mistreated the holy people in Jerusalem. His reputation went well and truly before him, and he's aware Saul has authority from chief priests to arrest all who call on Jesus' name. But the Lord says to Ananias, to go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Ananias was obedient to the Lord, placed his hands on Saul, and Saul is filled with the Holy Spirit. Something like scales falls from Saul's eyes and he regained his lost sight, was baptised, took food and regained his strength. Saul spent many days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach powerfully in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. The people were astonished that this was the same man that had persecuted believers previously. What a great witness was Saul that God can transform you. So what do we learn from this story of Saul, who later becomes Paul, such an esteemed but humble servant in the eyes of the Lord? We learn that Jesus can change our hearts and use the worst sinner to repent, accept him as Lord, proclaim the gospel and be used by God to grow the kingdom of God. This is good news for us, as it was for John Newton too, because no matter what you or myself have done in this life, no matter how bad it is, We too can have a place in God's family if we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. Believe Jesus is the Son of God, believe in his resurrection, repent and ask his forgiveness. He will use us purposely to fulfil his will if we allow the gift of the Holy Spirit to work in us. So in reflection, how does the Holy Spirit transform us? I want each of you to take some time out and think about this. Examine your own lives for a few moments. I look at mine, And most of you by now know I'm an oversharer. My transformation and character growth from non-believer to believer has come mostly through pain and hardship and a commitment to learn more about Jesus. I would have preferred my growth to be like that of a caterpillar for eating lots, but has been more through the refiner's fire. Oz Hillman states the refiner's fire can only accomplish its purposes when the heat is turned up to unbelievable temperatures. It breaks down the metal in order for it to become mouldable and shapeable. Only when the temperatures reach this level can the work be fully accomplished. Can anyone relate to this? I know many of you can because you're on my prayer list. Some of you are going through some of the most amazingly heavy stuff at the moment. Despite doing all the things you know you have to do to keep in with the Spirit. You're praying. You are reading your Bible. You're going to trusted Christians in fellowship. You seem to be doing all the important things that we are called to do yet. You're still feeling overwhelmed with your circumstances, despite being on bended knee, but you're in the fire, getting refined. 
for what God has in store for your future. Would you choose this refiner's fire? No. But will you come through it? Yes. Yes, because we are promised and know by example, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God desires to turn his children from rough, hard-edged stones into precious gems or precious metals such as gold and silver. In Malachi 3, 2b, for he will be like a refiner's fire or a laundress soap. Most of us women can relate to a laundress soap. Please excuse this commercial. These, there are no financial endorsements attached to these references. Nothing like a bit of Sars Wonder Soap and a bit of Preen Spray and a good soap and Sars or Preen Soap to attack a stubborn stain. And a bit of a scrub as well to try and bring an item of linen back to its former glory, to transform it or restore it. It takes time, commitment, effort and discipline to do it. We could just abandon that item of linen in our disposable society or we could restore it or renew it. The Lord rids us of all that is not right in our lives with the aid of the Holy Spirit. He assists us to come through trials that bring us to the end of ourselves and you sisters who have been there ahead of us to encourage us to persevere when we feel we are done. I publicly thank those sisters now who have been there for me in the past and now in the present, checking in on me, sending words of encouragement, praying for me when I haven't got the words to even pray for myself, making meals on occasion, providing friendship and loving support. When God takes you through the refiner's fire, be encouraged rather than discouraged because he loves you so much and has a commitment to you to transform you from a rough unfinished stone to a precious gemstone or metal. He will transform you through certain events in your life, relationships, workplace, poor health, church experiences, accidents and loss of loved ones to name a few. 1 Peter 1, 6, 7, 6, verses 6 to 7 reminds us to stand humbly in the trials or refining fire and remember sisters in the book of Daniel. Three Hebrew men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were thrown into the fire and came out totally unscathed because God was with them. Paul explains in Ephesians 4 verses 22 to 24 three responsibilities in becoming more like Christ. One, to put off your old self from your former way of life, to rid ourselves of our deceitful desires. Saul and John Newton did this. Two, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, that is, renew your mind with God's word. Hang around, hang around like, sorry, can I just do that bit again? Two, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, that is, renew your mind with God's word. Hang around like-minded Christian people who reflect God, Christ's mindset. Three, put on the new self, Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Example, put on the character of Christ by learning new godly habits with intention and commitment. Proverbs 25.4, Good News Translation says, Take the impurities out of silver and the artist can produce a thing of beauty. Do you want to be seen as beautiful in God's eyes? I know I certainly do. I want to be the best servant I can for my father and put a smile upon his face. Spiritual growth takes time from the time you first believe to the day you die. It's achieved through what is commonly known as the sanctification process. It's achieved in different time frames for all of us depending on, I believe, our level of commitment. For those that are feeling stale and stagnant, perhaps you need to reflect on the why. Have you fallen away from the word, your church family, your service, your Christian network and your relationship with God? Or are you ignoring the voice of the Holy Spirit and listening to the ultimate discourager, the evil one? Are you being led astray by the world and all it has to offer? 
It only takes one decision to change where you are headed because God has never left your side. We sometimes feel his presence, sometimes we don't feel his presence when we have walked away. A common phrase that preachers are known to have said over the years in regards to sanctification, the spirit of God takes the word of God and changes us to be like the son of God. COVID-19 and the consequent social isolation has really challenged us to stay united and not drift away from the body of Christ. I know for myself I have to be aware of some bad habits that have slowly crept in and I need to address them. I personally miss the connection and accountability that comes with visually seeing my sisters and brothers and spending face-to-face -face time with them. I miss the hug, as I know many of you do. The blessing out of COVID is I will never again take for granted the privilege we have of meeting together in Australia, of sharing a common love for God's Son and serving him through his people. Back to caterpillars. They're primed to become butterflies even from birth. We are designed from birth to have a relationship with God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit if we choose and not reject him. A caterpillar does not have choice. It will become a butterfly if it survives this environment and become more beautiful and learn to soar to new heights. We need to make a decision to accept Christ and be set free from the shackles of this world and embrace a new world with the love of Christ so we too can soar to great heights for Jesus. Our greatest commandment from God is to love one another as I have loved you. The fulfilment, the fulfilment of this commandment, as much as we can humanly do, will be when we are fully transformed by the Holy Spirit and the outward showing of that action to others will be when others truly see Christ through us, when they see us as the hands and feet of Jesus. A great goal for us to achieve with the aid of the Holy Spirit, don't you think? So others can truly witness our love. So let us pray. Father God, we thank you that you are a loving God and have given us your Son Jesus and the Holy Spirit to help us remain steadfast under trial so that when we have stood the test, we too will one day receive the crown of life which God has promised to those that love him. We thank you that you have given us the example of your son and how we should live our lives in a purposeful, loving way. In Jesus' most precious name, Amen.